Hot round. Red seven. Red seven. Red seven. Don. What? Red seven. I don't know what red seven means. Hot round. I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob. This is it. The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is going to work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? Oh, get you the ball! Get me the ball! I hope he didn't kill somebody. Live at the NFL Draft Combine in Indianapolis. This is 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett. And Adam Luckett, of all of the media outlets here covering the NFL Combine, the NFL Draft, I can guarantee you this is the only podcast that got ready for the Combine by eating glass. By eating glass? Yeah, by eating glass. Uh, you're going to have to expand on that story. It's, it's, it, you you got to get tough, you know. And if I'm going to be as tough as these guys out here running on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium, i got to eat glass. There's all, I don't have the athletic ability, but I can be as tough as them, damn it. Any seasoning? Uh, Yeah, it was it was in my coffee, actually. And I don't really know if I, how much I consumed, um, but we, had our, we keep our sugar in a jar. I'm big with my coffee. I do like – Probably like... Uh, so this was your coffee you made at home today? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. So typically I'm about a tablespoon for a large turvis. So, you know, it's not completely black, but a little bit of sweetness to it. And the other day when I shut our like little canteen type thing that holds the sugar, I thought I saw something like break off. Didn't realize that it had actually punched a hole in the side of the glass, and there was glass inside of the sugar. Ah, okay. I was on cup four. It was a long, it was a long day of prep. Got to get it's ready. A lot of coffee. Yeah, you got to grind that tape. Get now, ready to roll. Now, your cups, how big are they? Those big turvises are about 24 ounces. Yeah, see, that's about. That's like a lot. Like eight regular cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of coffee. Um, so I was either on three or four whenever I was pouring, and I was hearing like a. <laughs> It's like, you know what, maybe I should pour this into another cup. And sure enough, there was uh, glass in there. And I don't know if it was the placebo effect or what, but I was feeling glass in my throat the entire night. That's funny. So, yeah, uh, we're chewing glass, and we're hanging out here at the Combine in Indy. Adam, this is your first ever Combine experience. This is my first Combine experience. Where it's 2.30 in the afternoon on a very rainy, rainy day in Indianapolis, but the, the beautiful part about Indianapolis is we don't have to go outside. We just hang this, out in the convention center. This convention center. center is awesome. Yeah, we're right now we're looking at this church. I don't, it's like a St. Paul's something, I think. Is it Episcopal? Yeah. It's yeah. a really big, pretty church. It's right across the street. Um, and instead of like scenic snow, it's raining. Um, I think we're supposed to have snow tomorrow. Yeah. Chance of snow tomorrow. But we're out of the rim. What did, what did you think so far of, of the M- NFL combine. Just how big it is from all different levels. Uh, that's really the thing that caught me. Just the s- sheer size of the event. And it's not just, you know, media and teams. It's other stuff, too. Like ESPN has camera crews for the draft. Mm-hmm. Where all those those cool videos you see of players being selected, yeah. they're made here at the combine. Yeah, they. Uh, we walked by a room where they had just an enormous screen. And I, I tried to take a picture of it. It didn't do it justice, but it's probably, what, like 10 feet tall? Yeah, it's like tw- the length of 20 the feet wide. Yeah, enormous, where they just stand there and, like, shoot slow-mo videos mm-hmm. of them. Um, and that's where a lot of the magic happens. And then media members from everywhere. Yeah. From top of the top to yeah, we, bottom uh, of the bottom. Well, you have your different shows. So, like, um, you know, Good Morning Football and NFL Network, they're live 20, you know. Right, in the media room. Yeah. And then right next to them, it's like NBC Sports, CBS Sports. Like, they're all just kind of lined up there. And they got right. these huge stages mm-hmm. um, ready to Serious XM. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then uh, not to mention the radio row, which was buzzing today, which yeah. we're not at. We're not going to. You don't need to pay that much to just go sit at Radio Row. We're fine right here in a nice, com- you know, the convention center um, aisle way. So uh, I uh, 
Just completely drew a blank. What? Okay, is this number two for you? This is number two for me. Any and, difference from last year? Yes. So last year, Kentucky didn't have any receivers. They didn't have anybody on this first day, except I think okay. CJ. And he, like, left, I think, before even doing media because of that heart problem he had. Right. So it was a very weird first day. And I also didn't realize that all of the NFL coaches and GMs have media opportunities. So we we got to go hang out with the coaches. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Which was cool. It was. Like, just seeing Andy Reid and that, those big old walrus whiskers. And, <laughs> I mean, we weren't there very long. But at the very beginning, he's like, man, it's kind of hard to hear up here. All these people talking. <laughs> like, he just seems like the nicest dude. And uh, I just want to hang out with him. Like, he just seems like a cool, cool guy. I think Joe Burrow put it best to start the day. They asked him about the whole process, and he's like, yeah, it's a long process, but then the day I get to come here and talk ball, so I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah. And that, for me, that that's the same thing. Like, I could get while covering this would be kind of exhausting, but at the end of the day, we're coming here, and we're talking football right. in, in February. So just by that, it's fun. And it's a unique event, and it's mm-hmm. how big it's gotten is really kind of incredible. It's also um, kind of incredible, too, how – because there's so much happening. So today we, we talked with Lynn Bowden. And while we were interviewing Bowden, there were yeah, – like I, I was talking to Bowden. You were hanging out with Joe Burrow and – Jake Fromm. Yeah. And so basically there's like 20 people being interviewed at once, and they're all people who – you folks out there want to hear from uh, Marquis Callaway was over there, KJ Hamler. Like, it's mm-hmm. a nut house. Yeah. So you have, like, a bunch of different people from, all, like, like the Draft Network. I, could, I didn't know what those shirts were. They looked like Dayton Flyers logos. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out who it was. But they got a ton of people. They got, like, an army. PFF, there's an army of those yeah, folks. PFF's everywhere And there's a here. ton of the athletic people. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, did you, did you fanboy over any uh, media members you ran into? Not really. I mean, I saw a couple – Recognizable faces. We did see Mr. Fantasy Football, Matthew Berry. Yeah, I actually spoke to him just for, if only for a second. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is that all the, you know, coaches, they're up at the podiums. They're kind of side by side. And I was in between John Lynch and John Elway. I want to see John Elway just because he's John freaking Elway. Like, that's probably the first Super Bowl I remember was when they beat the Falcons. When he did the flip in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that the Falcons or the Packers, the first one? I think the Packers was the first one. And then he did the spin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like that, those are really the first Super Bowls I remember. Like I have, uh, you know, like, but that that's like the first big one. So mm-hmm. I was like, I want to size this guy up, especially because the dudes that part of my take always joke that John Elway only likes tall quarterbacks. So I was like, surely John's got to be tall, right? No, dude's like six two, six three tops. We did see some tall quarterbacks today. Man, there's some big ass quarterbacks. Um. But as I'm sitting there between John Lynch and John Elway, I'm thinking, man, I wish John Lynch was still calling Fox games because mm-hmm. he's great. He's just a, he, he's a yeah, great. He voice. was great on TV. And I was like, man, I miss that dude. Is is like he was always like the he like the B team. Yeah. He, not A with Joe Buck and Troy mm-hmm. Aikman, but he was a solid B team with that guy that has a really stern voice like this. I don't know what his name is, but he <laughs> talks like that on I can't Fox. remember who he was. And he's got with. a big old barrel chest. That was the combo. And I think now that dude, he was doing some games with Greg Olson. Greg Olson was doing games while he was playing. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Was it uh, Kenny Albert? Yes, Kenny yes. Albert. Yes. yes, he would do games with Kenny Albert. Yeah. Great, great football voices. Um, but I'm sitting up there kind of going between them and Matthew Barry kind of strolls up. I'm like, wait, I know that. It took me a second. I was like, oh, yeah, he's the fantasy football guy. And then he comes up and asks me, and he's like, ask me while kind of looking at my press pass at the same time. Like, like can I trust this guy to ask him a question? But I'm going to ask it anyway. So, so what have they been saying? I was like, oh, you know, not a whole lot. He's just been kind of talking about quarterbacks and how they last longer and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, okay. It's like, I'm Nick Roush, by the way. You know, I, I think you might know my boss, Matt Jones. He does – he runs around up at ESPN doing radio for y'all on Sunday. And he did the – he, like, nodded his head like, oh, yeah. And then I think he, like I – I, I couldn't tell if he was giving me the, oh, yeah, I know your boss, or the, oh, yeah, now go away from me. <laughs> 
Probably that in was the, in the middle. That, that was the end of that conversation, though. So that ended rather quickly. I guess Matt's real, the real fantasy guy. I forget his name, but the one that calls in their show. He's the, he's the more reputable of the fantasy experts at ESPN. Ah. Whatever that guy's name is. Um, guy, the guy who I can't remember his name. I also, I did something I've never done before, Adam Bucket. What's that? I asked an NFL head coach a question. You did? I well, did. Matt LaFleur. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And Nick Nick was taken aback by how good looking some of the NFL head coaches. Oh man, I thought they were all like kind of fat guys who just like like Matt Patricia. He he looks the part of NFL coach, kind of slobbly. You know, he's got like the pencil behind his ear. Looks like he's been staring at a monitor for like sixteen hours straight. Mm-hmm. But like Matt Lafleur, Cliff Kingsbury. We did see Cliff today. Um, the, I can't think of Sean McVay. They're all like these like. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, like they're like these GQ looking dudes. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. I didn't ask him how good, like, hey, where'd you get your good looks? <laughs> you did ask him about Zedaria. I asked him Smith, about Zedaria. So that'll be a nice little, nice little addition to the Instagram page, which, by the way, if you aren't subscribed to the Instagram page, the story is fire. A lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun with that IG page. Yeah, I know. It's pretty easy to. And it's, and it's fun to just like, hey, look at that goofy guy. Um, you talked about meat markets on there. This just feels like a meat market because you bring – we have these entities and the players that just come here, and they have other entities that want to pretty much buy them. <laughs> so it's judging them. It's putting them through different tests and scoping them out to see which – to see the value of each player. And we don't even get to see them drop down their skivvies getting measured and weighed. No, they, they cut us <laughs> off from that, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, you watch it at the pro day, though. It's here yeah. a few weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of half-naked dudes getting their hands measured. But you can see it on TV. Wait, you can, you, they, they show the measurements on TV? I meant they're just the, the running and the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the actual, like, just them stepping on a scale is, like... Really? Like, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. Um, what I'm excited for tomorrow... Tomorrow, bench press... Well, they'll start doing that, and they have, like, this NFL fan experience. Mm-hmm. And they have simulated drills. And we're we're trying those drills, damn it. No, that's going to be something. And our loafers and blue jeans. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing, too, that I like about here. You can kind of – we've done a good job of picking, like, the most average white guy look. Like, you We know, fit in. Yeah, like jeans, For sure. loafers, and, like, a button-up. Mm-hmm. You went with, with, with the KSR pullover today, too, which is, you know, hand-in-hand hand with the, the – the uh, button up, but the other uniform, you can tell the TV guys like it if they're wearing suits yep, and tennis absolutely. shoes. It's see it a mile away, and then the real like draft nicks, they all got their the logo shirts on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta represent. You represent. I'll, you I'll sport the brand. I'll, I'll, I'll rock the brand tomorrow. I'll rock the brand tomorrow. Um, but I think we need to talk first and foremost about our guy Lynn Bowden. Not going to be able to run. In yeah, that was breaking the, news today. Yeah, yeah, and it was some breaking news that completely went in one ear and out the other because there was a lot of people around, and I couldn't really hear what he was saying. But uh, Bowden tweaked his hamstring about two or three days ago, or two or three days before the event, um, while he's training down in Florida, and essentially said, uh, you know, he probably could have gone, but he didn't want to risk, you know, putting out a bad, bad time. Yeah. yeah, especially when he can run pro day. Exactly. A few later. So. It stinks because you wanted to see how they stack up, um, you know, just kind of toe-to-toe. But, I mean, do you ultimately think this could hurt Bowden at all? Not necessarily, no. Um, I think in some ways it might help him. Really? If he doesn't run a good time. Then it's not kind of under the spotlight quite so bright? Right. Because my my thing with Bowden. If you draft him, though, I don't think you're drafting him for his top-end speed. You're drafting him because he's a ball player. Right. You drafted him. I was all my series acting up. <laughs> you drafted him because uh, that that start and stop ability, uh, that make people miss ability, that run between tackles ability, and just the creativity and playmaking he has in space. That's what you're drafting him for playmaking. Uh, to be a guy, a gadget player that you can line up in a ton of different spots. So, like we've seen Bowden, that's not what he is. He's not a take the ball 80 yards and score mm-hmm. kind of player. Right. He's take the ball, break six, seven tackles, and gain 47 yards on a play. I mean, I, the only breakaway touchdown that I can recall 
is against the Louisville. Yeah, that's the Louisville ones, and that was because they were in pretty much cover zero, and then he had one against Missouri, too. But even then, they caught him at the end. Yeah, he and it was like um, the one in the bowl game where he cuts back and they grab his face mask, you know, at the very end. Like a yeah. lot of his plays were, we got to we got to make something happen kind of down the stretch. Yeah, it's no really straight line drives. It's some you know zigging zagging right. to get there. And and to that point, he I, you know I was like, what's well, kind of been the toughest part about training for this and he was like just the training because he's like I've never done <laughs> like the combine drills I'm sure they did like of course they're going to run them in them in like spring practice and stuff mm-hmm. but I don't think as far as like the science of it and like for these is like as soon as the bowl games are over with they're working out with those guys on Exos I know Lonnie and Mike and Josh did last year I think those three worked out with them were they pretty much just like we're going to try to specialize your bodies in two months to learn how to maximize your outputs in these exercises. Right. Like, just nothing about football at all. It is purely how far can you jump, how quick can you cut in this three-cone drill, how fast can you get out of your stance. Mm-hmm. And for Bowden, Bowden's like, I don't know, I'm just used to just playing football. <laughs> and this is kind of weird. And, you know, maybe that might be why he pulled his hammy. Um, but either way, I don't think – in his case, it's kind of like with Benny Snell last year. Like, you aren't drafting him to run a 40-yard dash. You're drafting him right. to break tackles mm-hmm. in short-yard situations. And in Wim Bowden's case, he's telling teams, draft me because I can do whatever the hell you want me to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't say the word positionless, but he, he that's yeah. all his sell is about. Yeah. It makes, but I think it also makes probably the interviews more important this week for him. Yeah. He said everybody's asked him about the Virginia Tech punch. Oh, I, I guarantee it. <laughs> Apparently on his um, – if you go to NFL.com – actually, I should pull it up. Because um, I, I was just – I was talking with Josh Moore at the Herald later, and he said that there's just a quote um, about Lynn where his, like, draft evaluation was something along the lines of, um, I kind of like that he punched that dude in the face. It's kind of awesome. Oh, Really? Yeah, which I'm totally in agreement. It was an awesome punch. Like, if you're going to punch somebody, you got to at least connect, you know? And it was a big guy. It wasn't a small guy. He yeah, exactly. It. He wasn't going for the little pip squeaks. Um, but I, I, I think really just the overall sentiment, um, while we look this up, just from Bowden in general and his camp is that right now in the NFL, utility players, uh, utility – for some reason, utility player has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but being able to plug and play in different spots has so many benefits, especially when you're trying to figure out, like when a defense is trying to read your keys. And how football is today, how creative the offensive has gotten. You From need players l- like Bowden. Yeah, like the little uh, toss sweeps. Mm-hmm. Um, and- and I have the quote if you're ready for it. Okay, you have the quote. Hit me. I probably shouldn't say this, but it didn't bother me that he got into a fight before his bowl game. He got to control himself better, but he's an edgy dude, which is why I like him. Southeastern scout for NFC team. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So there you are. Like yeah. Bo- like Bowden, like I think with this next level on offense is really going to have to commit to him and using him in creative ways. Using him at receiver, different receiver, maybe putting him in the backfield some, and being uh, disciplined and determined to getting the ball, getting touches in different in different type of ways. If they do that, I think he can be a really good player. But I think for him, a lot of it is getting with a good offensive-minded coach. Yeah. Or, or just in a good scheme with a good offensive plan. If he does that, I think he's got a chance to really make a positive impact on the team right away. Well, and – the, the the first player that people brought up today was Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. That's just the most recent. Yes, because he's a he's a rookie. He went out to San Francisco. Twenty percent of his touches were runs, and that doesn't count all of the kind of shovel pass looks that he got as well. Mm-hmm. So between that, you get Christian McCaffrey catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. I know we're saying the big names, but that's kind of how you need to be able to use them in the offense. And the the reason why, like, just thinking big picture. So before the Super Bowl, there was somebody from ESPN.com that wrote a lengthy piece on how Andy Reid scripts his first 15 plays. And 
the attention to detail that he would put into game planning. And so much of it came down to there's people up in the booth upstairs and they have to identify personnel groupings and then see how defenses react to them. Right. So with a guy like Lynn Bowden, you can – You don't know what position he is. Exactly. And, and it makes the defense mm-hmm. – it can really get him out of sorts because if he's lined up here – they may think he's doing one thing when he could really be, you know, running the ball or pat like like. Just it's another part of the chess game. Exactly. So like it makes got, it easier for the offense to be a step ahead when it, you have that. Exactly. Like just in the very basics of it, he's lined up at running back. All right. Well, they might hand him the ball off here, but then if he just goes streaking down the middle of the field and he's one on one with the linebacker and they're in zero coverage, like he's burning them. You know what I mean? Right. So like there's there's stuff like that that offensive coordinators can do. And like you said, it comes down to getting paired up with the right coaches. It, it would help to have a nice quarterback. And that's why I think people in the Commonwealth got pretty hyped when uh, the Ravens had him in a mock draft. Yeah, you've seen that name pop up a few times from people, from draft Knicks. They uh, could use some wide receivers. And even though like, – Well, the thing with the Ravens is they're so committed to Lamar mm-hmm. and this unconditional offense, which requires for him a lot of him just kind of making plays. Mm-hmm. Off, off the notes, off, the, off, off, off the schedule is what they were said. Right, right. Off schedule is what they call it today. With Bowden, you can you essentially know, do some stuff yeah. where you can use Lamar as a decoy or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so, in that way, you could see him fitting in, especially with Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, who, who is not afraid to get weird and has done some option type stuff in the NFL. And was Jim Harbaugh's old coordinator at Stanford. Like that, I mean that that fit there does make sense. Well, and Bowden even said he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, we'll put that UK UVL stuff in the past. I'll play with them anytime I want." Yeah, <laughs> money. So that's a, my boy. Money is a, a a special thing. Well, you and a lot of people to do. He kind of they might not want to do. He you know he wanted to be like Lamar whenever he was playing quarterback too. Oh yeah, because like I mean Lamar was having an MVP year. <laughs> it's like of course he wanted to be like him. I would be all for it, like. Sign me up right now. Yeah, I mean, just from a f- fun level, him and that offense would be, you know, eye-popping. He'd be a guy on fantasy boards that people would be taking flyers on in the late rounds. And it'd be fun to just have, like, common ground with the Louisville fans for the first time ever. <laughs> you know, like, well, what else can we agree on? Yeah. That's why it'd be nice to have an NBA team, just so we can all all cheer for one team. That's why, that's why Louisville FC's here. Yeah. Is it not? Okay. Yeah. The soccer team is going to get us all hyped together. Sure, that seems to be cool. It's going to be fine, but not the same. It's just not the same. Uh, Bowden, he cannot – he's not going to run this week. I haven't heard whether or not he's on the bench. Put in the ass. I think he would, but I could be wrong. He came in at 205, 206. That's what my point – I think that that tells me that he probably is going to put up a big number and bench. And like, I mean, you don't really be one thing if he had like a back or a core injury or you know, but like hamstring, you just flex. Yeah, him. or it could be a thing where they just totally shut it down and we're going to do it all at the pro day. Yeah, no, just don't risk it. He uh, he was kind of limping around a little bit. Like you could tell that, like, okay, he's even if he's selling it, you know, like there's something there. There's right. something to it. So can't really blame him. Um, oh, I want a couple other funny things. Uh, one, he said that he doesn't watch much TV. He plays Madden, which he often plays with Lamar. And if he watches TV, he's watching Bubble Guppies or Paw Patrol with his son, which... Spoken <laughs> like a true dad. <laughs> That's some dad strength for you right there, uh, which he even said, too, like, Terry Wilson, he's getting on that. Uh, he'll, he'll be on that uh, here soon. Yep, three years in a row. Dad strength, man. Just keeps coming at you. It does. Never ends. Never ending. And then uh, he's he's talking to SEC championship too. Yeah. What was that quote specifically? It was what do you think's uh, next for Kentucky? And he's like SEC championship. It's going to happen. Yeah. That, that hype machine ain't slowing down anytime it's not. soon. We talked about that, man. <laughs> they are it, all in over there. It is not slowing down uh, anytime soon at all. So that was just a little bit from Bowden today. Uh, I thought he had a funny story about Matt House, but you can watch the entire interview. It's 15 minutes. It's up on KSR's YouTube page. Posted on 
the website. And we, we've got a few clips out there. But he had a funny story about Matt House talking trash with him. The Chiefs, that would be a fun team for him to play for. Uh, but I think they have enough, like, fast dudes playing wide receiver. I don't think they'd be in the market for getting a guy like Lynn Bowden. be fun, but I don't think that's happening. Um, tomorrow we'll hear from Logan Stenberg. We will. And uh, Jetrick Wills will be up here. Might want to give a little holler to the Lexington kid. Yeah, we're going to have maybe uh, ask about his recruitment. Huh. I remember he had one of the first, like, super high-quality commitment videos. Yes, I remember that, too. It was very high-quality, like, just very well done. Like, you had commitment videos before. The one kid from Wagner that went to Duke that was, like, superhero. Do you remember that one? I, yeah, I can't think. Of, it's His name was, like, Taj Rice, maybe? Yes, yes. Taj Rice. Yeah. yeah. Did he finish? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Either way, his commitment video was hilarious. But Jedrick Wills, very high, like, well done, where he did, like, the whole ties and suits. Mm-hmm. And, and he's going to be a top ten pick. He yeah. had an awesome last year at Alabama. Pretty cr- And one question Alabama players have been getting a lot, uh-huh. they're asking a lot about that strength coach leaving for Georgia. Ooh. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. We I think saw, Jerry uh, Judy got asked three or four different types of questions about him. We saw uh, when do- I was there, Dog Nation uh, getting uh, – he was doing a radio hit on it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also – Jerry Judy's chain. Yes, Jewish chain. <laughs> <laughs> he wore a Star of David, not because he's Jewish, but because his name sounds like Jew. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. That was probably the most popular part of the day. <laughs> did you notice, too, they had all the Alabama guys out there at like the same time? Here, Here's the here's a quote. <laughs> Jerry Judy says he wears a Jewish star necklace because some people call me Jew because of my last name, so I had a jeweler make it up. I'm not Jewish, though. (laughs) I love it. Oh, man. Um, But I I know the other thing, too. He got asked uh, about Tua. What what kind of stories did he have about Tua? He goes, some guy asked him, like, a question or two about Tua. You know, what is Tua going to do at the next level? And he was just basically can't answer. Like, Tua's going to be Tua. He's going to ball out. He goes, tell me a good story about Tua. After asking them to repeat the question and think about it for maybe eight seconds, he said, I ain't got to tell where I'm Tua right now. <laughs> that was it. He, Tua was a popular guy. Who, who do you think was more po- popular, Tua or Joe Burrow? It was close. I would probably say Burrow, but it was close. There was a lot of people there for Tua. Which Joe Burrow, he said he's ready to play for your Cincinnati Bengals. He is. He's all in. Yeah, he, he admitted, well, they picked me. I'm going to play for him. He them. said the media took that and ran with it. No one ever came – that didn't come out of our camp. Oh. Huh. Take a, took a little jab at the media already. Oh. Man, fighting back. Which I do think that was probably – I think some national folks. Just to like throw it out there. Yeah. Just to kind of stir up some stuff. Hey, it's a slow time. Are you worried, though, that your quarterback might have the smallest hands in the history of hands? No. Patrick Mahomes had small hands. Not as small as Joe Burrow's. Not as small as Joe Burrow's. <laughs> I, well, I did see Rovell sending out some tweets about it. would be the smallest in first-round history. Yeah. Well, no, Tannehill had nine-inch hands. He was a first-round pick, right? Yeah, I believe he was. Yeah, Tannehill did, and then uh, okay, well, there was one, that was wrong again. There was one other guy on that the happens. ESPN report that had nine-inch hands. Uh, Jared Goff had nine-inch hands. Oh, was he? So like, well, then Ravel just lied. Ravel just, yeah, not good at your job, buddy. Get better. Get better. Tannehill was a first-round pick, yeah. Yep. In superstar, top ten, number eight. Yeah, Titan, Titans AFC Championship. Oh, quarterback. Uh, John Lynch got asked about the rumors about uh, moving on for Jimmy G for Tom Brady. He's like, God, those are just uh, rumors. Come on now. You know, he had a very, very matter of fact. John Lynch is a guy. Just, man, that's a dude who knows what the hell he's doing. Mm-hmm. We had Jalen Hurts getting asked if he was going to move positions. <laughs> <laughs> and he, of course, yeah. said, no. I'm a team first guy, but I'm a quarterback. What's his answer? You know what, though? I hope he doesn't um, – I hope he doesn't Tebow it. Because, like, I, I think Sean Payton was ready to do 
with Tebow as Taysom Hill has done for him. And, like, I'd ra- I would much rather be paid to be a utility guy for five years in the NFL than not paid at all to be in the NFL. Right. You know? Which speaks of being paid in the NFL. The one solid hard take I think I'm going to take home from this combine is that Jake Fromm, I don't know what kind of career he's going to have as a starter, but he's going to be an NFL backup at worst for like 15 years. <laughs> so like the Blaine Gabbert of the NFL? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like on a higher level than that, like the what was the McCown that started for the Eagles in the playoff oh, game, Josh yeah, McCown? Yeah. Like that kind of career if he wants it. Man, I because hope you so. can just you can see just in our session with him, like teams are gonna talk to him and fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. He's the ultimate football guy. He loves the game. He knows the game in and out. And I like he's gonna be a coach. I think eventually down the line, it's just gonna be does he want to collect these checks mm-hmm. in the league as a backup, or does he want to start coaching? So for him, for me, like I don't know what kind of starter he's gonna be. He's gonna get a chance to start. We'll see. But there's. You could see why he won that battle over both Eason and Justin Fields just because of what he brings to the table just as a leader. He is such a Georgia quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. I just hearing him talk. Yeah. Like, it's – I'm not going to lie. When I heard Elway kind of all shucksing it up, too, he struck me as, like, a kind of southern guy as well. But, no, that's just his, like – Demeanor. Just playing to the crowd kind of. Yeah. You know? Game um, face. Media game face. That wasn't the most fun person we talked to today, though. You know who my favorite person was at the meat market? Who was it? Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald, yes. Cole McDonald had a farm. Cowabunga. It was funny because I was telling Roush before we went up there, I was like, this guy had cornrows and dreads (laughs) when he played at Hawaii. (laughs) So I was excited because I was hoping he still had those, and then he came out and he, he had them cut, and I was like, Oh man! So then I was telling Roush about that, and as soon I mean, as soon as we get up there, <laughs> he gets asked. Somebody, about somebody, somebody, somebody asked him about it, and then Roush, very smooth move. You can tell he's been doing this for a long time. Pulls his phone out <laughs> in perfect timing. We get the whole clip. Oh man! And one part, he's like, he's like, it's just mad, mad flow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's it's just some sweet flow. And then he's talking to another guy, and he was like, you should dread it up, man. It's like, all right. And then by the end of it, he was like, you know, I didn't want to be getting asked questions about the white guy with dreads. Said hair grows back, opportunity doesn't. Yeah. Which, man, you know he playing that line That's a good line. That's a great line. And I love the reaction that he said to their coaching staff when he walked into the facility with it for the first time. They were just like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) But he said he just owned it. He He got crap for it, but he just owned it. Oh, man. But Cole McDonald even being here gets to a point, which I kind of wrote about today that's going on KSR. It's just the sizes and shapes of these quarterbacks. It's not like it used to be. Nate Stanley, the guy from Iowa, looks like he should be working with us in the media room. Oh, yeah. I mean, Shea Patterson kind of did too. Mm -hmm. Nate Stanley looks like he should be in a beer beer drinking softball league. Instead, he's he's working out in the NFL Combine. You got Cole McDonald who played at Hawaii. Anthony Gordon was a baseball player in high school, went to junior college before stopping at Washington State, backed up two draft picks at Washington State, played one year, and now he's going to probably get drafted. So you got guys, thanks mostly to kind of the, you know, the air raid scheme kind of being adopted in the NFL, but also just realizing, like, we've got different quarterbacks that can do different things, whether it be Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, uh, we had Baker Mayfield, a number one pick, who was six foot tall. Mm-hmm. And then there's just the success that Breeze and Wilson are both having of being guys that are under six feet. Six feet. Mm-hmm. So they're deepening the pool, it seems like. Yeah, you don't have to be big, tall quarterback there's not, to take snaps under center. Exactly. There's not a bunch of physical requirements that you have to hit. Because seven, eight years ago, you'd take Jacob Eason and Justin Herbert, who are both six five, six six, And you put on the tape, they have – you know, big, big, big-time arms can throw the ball at any part of the field. Those are the guys you would take. But now it's ch- it's changed a little bit, and it's given some guys like a Cole McDonald, like an Anthony Gordon, a chance. Not saying they're going to come in and start. They might not even make the roster. But the fact that they're here, I think, says that the NFL has kind of opened up went to evaluating quarterbacks, and they're looking for guys. All right, these guys are really productive in college. Let's bring them in and figure out why they're really productive and see if that can stick. Yeah, I mean, it, now it, it certainly does help to be a tall 
person that like absolutely there's some big dudes out like Jacob Eason is a big dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Jordan, Herbert, big dude. Jordan Love, big dude. Uh, there was one guy. I'm gonna pull it up really quickly. Who I almost ran into, like, like just directly into. Um, that was enormous. I'm like, dude, you should be in. like, you're not a tight end. Like how? Um, and I actually don't even. Uh, wait, wait. Here we go. Chase Claypool. I think that might be it for Notre Dame. Yeah, they asked him about being a tight end today. Like he was a six four, two hundred thirty five pound receiver. Jesus. Yeah, he's a monster. Wait, he hit QB three on there. Damn it, they didn't. They skipped right over. It had to be Chase Claypool. Or was this guy at the table you were talking about? No, no, he was walking back from the podium. From the podium. Yeah, it had to be Chase Claypool. Okay, I'm not seeing either way. Um, but I just can't get over how big some of these dudes are. When, like I said, when I like size it up Elway's, like this dude's really big, like not that big, not mm-hmm. as big as I thought he'd be. Yeah. So, um, I know Herbert and Eason both. Not sure how good they're going to be on the next level, but they're going to be able to sell. You talk about endorsements, um, getting people to believe that dude, this is a guy because they just they have the look. Both of them do. Well, when we went down to uh, Georgia and we could hear like Nick Chubb doing ads and stuff. Jake Fromm is going to be slinging oh. some cars down there. Man. He's never going to work a day in his life. My goodness, and because he's he's he, he's just a good old boy, man. You know, mm-hmm. guys want to be him, ladies want to date him. Yep. You know, like absolutely. It, that's just how it is. And I mean, hell, how many times do we hear about those damn croakies at SEC media I know. days? Which this is really like it's kind of it's the closest we get to like a media days for the NFL. I can't compare it, but just today. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Well, and it's especially kinda, too, we coaches we got and the players coaches yeah. too. The co- the coaches really added a different dynamic, and the co- the the coaches don't get the same stage though. Mm-hmm. You know, like they would at at a media days or whatever you. Um, but I, either way, it was a very hustling bustling kind of day. Very hustling bustling kind of day. But I. What I about was, Fess? We got here. Really early. Yeah, we got here. The one thing they have changed up dramatically from last year, the interview portion used to be in the afternoon, so I was doing nothing in the mornings. We met at 6 a.m. this morning, mm-hmm. got in here around 8 a.m. Um, yeah, we walked into the convention center, I think, at like 7.50. Yeah. And uh, just been moving and shaking. Mm-hmm. Man, one, one thing that's nice, too, when we went to go get lunch, didn't have to walk in the rain. Just walked yeah. all through the indoor walkways to get to the mall. You can literally go into umpteen different buildings and never walk outside (laughs) from this place. (laughs) I think we're going to have to... uh, Oh, oh. I I think we're going to have to make sure we get a little taste of that cocktail sauce, though. We might have to go outside for that. St. Elmo's? We did pass it up on one of the walkways. We're parked, like, right next to it. Yeah, and you know what? That'll clear up, too, that drainage you got. Knock it right out. This cold has been killing me. You know what? Nothing a couple cold, uh, tall, cold domestic lights will. Yeah, I've, can't cure. I've lived my life by that motto, Negro. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a few more things before we get out of here. Uh, one, John Clayton is a very small human. We did see John Clayton. We didn't even know it, man. I mean, like, it was like a, whoa, that was him. And he was also aware, like, he just, he just seemed like this frail old man. Like, I felt kind of bad to him. Now, it, I think a lot of it was just, Seeing him out in the wild, not on like your TV screen, you know, like wearing a suit and like, yeah, because you know, the suit and he had a hat on, yeah, the suit kind of yeah, bulks you up on. a little bit, but the ball cap just kind of made him, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just you know, one, one of the best luck for him. And you had some difficulties getting a picture in, my man, picture in the- on your credential. Oh, yeah, yeah, I. I submitted like five different pictures. So Roush, when they go to send him a picture, he gives them the ultimate meme mug. Oh yeah, you know, of course. Special. I look like I'm in a. It's a team picture. It really is the team picture look that you got in your program. You're no, you can't smile. You've got to be serious. Right. Um, but that was annoying as hell. And also, from this convention center is enormous, and from where they put the media to where we have to walk to the interviews, it's at least a block. Maybe more. Yeah, it's a good walk. It's a it's a it's at least a block. I've done it at least five times today. 
He's good. We're getting our steps in. Yeah. At least. So, you know what? They're trying to keep us slim as journals. I think that's what they have to because we're, we're a fat bunch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know about that. There's no doubt about that. We are a fat, out of shape bunch. <laughs> so, you know what? They're looking out for us. Not they're, much cardio being done in they, that room. They're trying to keep us healthy. Um, meanwhile, back home, Vince Merrill, he's uh, said, oh, you guys are going to give me a pay raise? Let me just get a couple commits real quick. When I'm to Ohio, I got some two offensive linemen. Back-to-back last week. So, when Paul Rodriguez committed, I thought it was going to be the other guy. I thought it was going to be yeah. Wallaba. Yeah, I think that Wallaba, I think it's been, like, I think that's been expected to happen for a while now. But mm-hmm. I think the Rodriguez one was kind of a surprise. And the Wallaba kid, um, he's one of those. He's going to get a bunch of offers down the road. I'm pretty confident yeah. of that. Yeah, um, his tape is really good. And, and he's a pedigree. His dad oh, played in the NFL yeah. and his brother – Starts at Duke. His dad was Tim Couch's center at Cleveland. Yeah. But that's cool. Yeah. You know, like he – so he played for the Patriots in the Super Bowl when they lost to Brett Favre, correct? It was, was it Brett Favre they lost to? Yeah. Or Drew Butts Packers, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he decided, I'm going to get paid and signed a big contract with the Browns when they became an expansion team. So he was like the only competent offensive lineman that Tim Couch had. He played there for seven, eight, nine years. Made a million, you know, a lot of money, and then his son, his son initially committed to Ohio State, transferred, mm-hmm. and then was a two or three year starter at Duke. Yeah, he'll be a three year starter next year. Yeah, at center. So mm-hmm. this ball ball kit, like you said, great pedigree, uh, great tape, and he's he's a very good early kid in this class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he looks like he's gonna be a really good player. He moves really well for his size. He's got really good footwork. Then Rodriguez, I think it's more of a long term type project, but. The size, 6'5", 315, right now is a high school junior and just pow- really powerful. You made a good point, too, in his, in the film room piece that, like, because uh, he, he didn't have a, uh, an extensive offer sheet, and it's because he had a cast on his hand yeah. for, like. You really couldn't get anything from his junior tape. But when you turn back the sophomore tape, you see it. Mm-hmm. You see, like, that's the player. So, right. Like, both of these guys, they could have got in on him early enough to where guys will come up, schools will come late and get them. The one thing with Woolabaugh, he's you can tell he's been really well coached for obvious reasons. Right, right. So the concern would be, is he as good as he's going to get almost? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where Rodriguez, yeah. he's got a lot of room for, for growth. To grow. But yeah. Woolabaugh has a very high floor, I think. Like, I think he's going yeah, to yeah. be able to come in and be a good player. Worst case scenario, you know, like that that kind of mm-hmm. deal. And, and in this upcoming class, uh, you know, Kentucky could be replacing four offensive linemen in 2021. Right. So – you know, you, you always get three or four offensive linemen about every year, and I think even more so you're going to prioritize that this year. And they've got two early ones, and now, I th- you know, they're going to prioritize Jagger Burton and then uh, yeah, obviously know, a couple others down the stretch. So, uh, like I said, those early offers pay off in the interviews with Burton, John Young, a lot of those guys. They're just pu- like getting that first offer when you're a sophomore – that, that plays a big role. Uh, Absolutely. Down the stretch. And uh, Vince Merrill certainly plays a big role as well. Yeah, it helps having him in your corner. Yeah, yeah. Lynn, Lynn was talking to Vince big time too, you know. I, I didn't make it a whole separate story because we've had seven stories on people talking about the transfer rule over the last two weeks. Right. And I think it's like, okay, we're beating a dead horse now. But You're talking about the Lynn freshman transfer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think every freshman probably goes through that. Right, and I, I do think that's probably getting overblown a little bit. Well, just in general, people talking about what the new transfer rule would mean. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of takes on that. For Lynn, Lynn was – he was just like, hey, if Vince wasn't there, I, I might have left. Um, but, you know, I didn't. <laughs> so, like – and here's the thing, too, like it. How many – we've had two people under the – Walker Wood transfers to McNeese State. Now announced today. Going to the Bayou. Play for the Cowboys. But who who else has entered the portal this offseason? Trey Wilkins? Is that it? Yeah, and then you had Stanley Garner. Okay, so three. Garner's going to Hampton, mm-hmm. FCS. So, like, and we, and we still don't know about Wilkins. But, like, you'll probably I, have some more after spring ball. That's the thing. I think there's going to be a lot more at spring ball. But you know what? They might change their minds. You never know. I've heard of at least a couple handful and, you know, that are kind of – not on the chopping block, if you will, but are heavily considering it. And that could all change um, before spring's over. Just like Bowden's mind changed when Vince talked to him and said, just be patient, buddy. Just chill out. Everything will work out. And like he said, it all did. And now he's going to the NFL draft. 
He's going to get picked. He's going to get his name called in Vegas. And mm-hmm. I just want him to be on that pontoon boat. It'd be cool oh, to man. be on the pontoon boat. Still can't believe that's happening. <laughs> Outside the Mirage. There's, there's no way. Like, that, I, I can't wait to see it. See how the, the logistics of it. Because here's the, here's the thing. Pontoon boats aren't exactly known for being swift pieces of swift vehicles. I guess if you put the right engine on it, it can do. But the thing anything. is, too, it's also in like a pre, like it's not a, it's like a wade pool, you know? Yeah. So like, by the time you get everybody on and you move, you push the boat out. Like, what if a player's mo- like has motion sickness or gets seasick? You know, they want to come up there with their, like, do you like like if Josh Allen went last year, would he have to put a, a life jacket on Wesley to go out there with him? That's a good question. <laughs> you know, like these are things we don't know. I do know that there's going to be at least, like, of all the first-round, potential first-round picks, I'm trying to think, what kind of wild cards do we got early on that could just be crazy enough to jump in the pool? Of the first-rounders? Yeah, because I, I have a feeling they'll only do it for the first-rounders. That's a good question. I'm trying to think. All right, okay, now, when you do this, you got to think, all right, what's a crazy position? So, like, maybe an offensive tackle? Yeah. Uh, defensive, interior defensive lineman? I, I, I've never heard Mekhi Becton talk. I don't know if nah, he's a wild he w- card. I, he's not. I, he wouldn't do it. Okay. Um, Jeb Wills wouldn't do it. No, he wouldn't. Um, Let me pull up Dane Brugler's NFL mock draft. Yes. Uh, that's that's one of my favorite guys to go to. He's with the Athletic. Yeah, hold on just a second. He's moving and shaking around here. Him and uh, the Move the Sticks guys. Over at uh, NFL.com. Is Daniel Jeremiah? We saw Daniel Jeremiah today. He was on TV. Um, also, Mekhi Becton's measurements were enormous. Holy oh crap. My. That's a large human being. <laughs> Dude, 6'7 seven and 7'8 seven and 367 pounds? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. He had an 84-inch wingspan. 84 inches, folks. That is – so 72 is 6 feet. So seven. he's got a 7-foot wingspan. <laughs> It's insane. Like you can't get your hands on him. Who will no. be able to get your hands on him? Mm-mm. It's an absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. All right, we got any candidates to? I can't. He, the, I'm trying to find a. To get, all he's got is the rankings of each. Here we go. 2020 mock draft 3.0 from earlier this month. Let's see here. Just scrolling through. This is great radio. Yeah, great radio. Suck it, lock it. Suck it, lock it. Mm, cats play tonight. I hope they win. We'd be able to they go do. to the Pacers game if they weren't playing. But you can't miss the Cats or watch it. No, we can't NBA miss the A&M game. And it's just – the thing that makes me even matter is they're playing the Hornets, and this will be the second time mm-hmm. I've been in the same city as the Charlotte Hornets playing basketball, watching the game from blocks yeah. away instead Looking of being at this, in the Looking at this mock draft, I don't, I would, no one really jumps out at me, but a guy who's named Zach Bond played linebacker Wisconsin, <laughs> he seems like a guy that would be crazy enough to do that. Day two pick? They'll no, probably he, do it for day two. Dan Brugler has him in the first round. He's like a – I think he's an outside linebacker, but he can play inside too. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Get your early money in Zach, on Zach Bond, Wisconsin linebacker. Total shot in the dark. Total shot in the dark. Well, we are going to go take a shot of brown water yes. or two. Uh, hang out, relax a little bit. Maybe take a little nap to unwind from a long and day. Con- uh, SEC Media Days, Mark Stoops avoids – the last day, and he voids Alabama Day. Man, that was huge. It's yeah, a big win for content. Big win. Wayne Kiffin's the only other big name going on that day. He's got freaking Derek Mason, too. You don't want to be the – and I think Malzahn, both notoriously horrific. Gus Malzahn might be the most boring person to ever speak into a microphone. He's, he is an abomination in media. Thoughts and prayers to Auburn Media. Um, but he shares the day with him and Wayne Kiffin. And Kiffin will probably have, like, one or two cute things, but they're not really that good. Well – as they spread it out the media day so much too, and but on that day Kentucky will get talked about a lot. Get talked about a lot. The dark horse SEC contender. Is yeah. that be the best? Uh, Can I Kentucky mean, win Auburn. the SEC? That'll be the question. Yeah. they're asking everybody. And then uh, the following day, though, on Alabama Day, you've got Mike Leach, yeah, and, and Sam Pittman. Mm-hmm. See, Pittman is my dark horse for that whole thing. Oh, he's gonna go up there and like. He's my dark horse. Be all red face and hooting. See, and I've seen him at the. I I want to see what changes from time he got the job, to you know, <laughs> seven months later. Does he become right a head coach? Starts. Is he still a crazy right, ass right, offensive you know line coach? Yes. 
And like I was telling you, Colin Cowherd shared a story where he talked. He was talking about um, talking to Jimmy Johnson mm-hmm. about building the staff. He said the one thing you have to do, you have to hire a good offensive line coach. But they're all weird. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, really, John Sharman is like the most average offensive line coach. Yeah, like he's the most normal one. Like Chris Konakis. Back in the day, mm-hmm. I mean, dude was a strange cat. Right. And then, uh, I guess uh, Bedford for them now is kind of normal. But yeah, uh, like even a, he's he's got the big beard. Yeah. And he wears a weird like they have their own shirt, old line shirts that he makes. And he's always he doesn't have he's never has oh rain gear on. It's just yeah. short sleeves tucked yeah. into his sweatpants. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Swain Ledford. Yeah. I said Bedford, Ledford. And then they had the other dude who uh, coached at Petrino forever. That Mike like, Summers. Yeah, yeah right. he, he coached at Petrino forever. That should say enough about mm-hmm. his personality. Right. So, some odd cats, some odd cats. Um, well, like it, I think this is the time where we depart. We go hang out on Hawkeye Avenue, maybe Wildcat Boulevard. Yeah, all these big 10 streets. <laughs> this is definitely big 10 country. I don't know. I'm going to have to teach him how to say y'all. And teach them how to enjoy some cold pulp domestics. And we'll be back tomorrow. I don't know how much longer, how much more extra content we'll have for tomorrow. Not as many fireworks on day two. Who we have O-line and what else? What other positions? Just O-line. Just O-line. I think it's just O-line. Maybe running backs as well, but I'm not certain. Um, and if you all want to watch all of the people running, I know boating won't be happening, but that's all happening in the afternoon at like 4 or 5 o'clock mm-hmm. on the NFL Network. So that's where you can catch... All the coverage. Uh, it's, it's anywhere you, you It's go. going all weekend long. There's going to be stuff into the weekend, too. Yeah, into Saturday. So, football in February. You got to love, love it, it, man. You got to love it. Go Cuts. Go for draft season. Go Kirby. <laughs>